Father, we just thank you today. God, we thank you for every visitor that's here today. God, we just pray that they would feel your love today, your acceptance, God, and know that, God, they're not a visitor any longer, but they're part of a family, a great family. God, this church is a family, and God, we just praise you for that, and we're excited about that. And God, here's what we pray today. God, challenge us to our very core. Challenge us, God, today to be the men and women that you have called us to be. God, we want to do, we want to be everything, God, in obedience to your word. We love you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen in the house. What a great series. I have really enjoyed this series. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I have grown so much in my prayer life just in studying for this series. I would say that probably one of the weakest areas of my Christian life was prayer. And what I mean by that, it wasn't so much that I don't pray because I do pray. But the weakness came more from the fact that I didn't pray like everyone else and what I thought prayer should really be. But God has really liberated me. How many were liberated last week when we talked about talk to God and ask him how to teach you how to pray? Come on, that God can teach you your language. He can teach you your way to pray and and how it fits your life, how it's personal, how it's unique to you. And that just really liberated me too because so many times we can compare, we can look and we can envy and we can wish. But when I try to be anything that God, uh, anything different to what God has called me to be, I'm not going to be happy. Because that's not me. That's not you. And I've got to be what God wants me to be. And that's what I want this whole series to be about. That you find God. That you find that sweet spot. That you just really find that in God. That prayer that God can just minister to you and touch you. So today I want to talk about living a life of prayer. Come on, say that with me. Living a life of prayer. Come on, let's say it together. You ready? Living a life of prayer of prayer. How prayer needs to be a lifestyle that we live. I said something on Wednesday that I think is really powerful and and I can't get away from it. You need to be taking notes, by the way, in church. If you don't, I like to see Tanya on the front and and Maddie's on the front. Megan's just grabbed a notepad. She's there. That's Hannah's notepad. She thinks I don't know, but that's Hannah's notepad. But you need to be taking notes in church because things are going to be said today you may not need today. But trust me, you're going to need them somewhere. Come on, phones now. You've got the capability. If you've got a smartphone, that's an iPhone. If you've got a dumb phone, that's an Android. But you can still use those, okay? So if you've got those, anything like that, use those, take notes. But listen to this. Here's a great statement for you to kick it off today. Listen to this. Prayer is the simplest and most effective way to deal with any situation. We could just say amen and go home after that statement. That is powerful. Prayer is the simplest way that I can tackle and deal with any situation. God, I give it to you. Come on, there can't be any simpler than that, huh? Giving it to God, trusting God, but yet it's not simple in the fact of that it doesn't work and it's not effective because that's the next part. It's simple, but yet totally effective. And the greatest way that you and I can ever deal with a situation is to pray about it. Come on, that's what we've been talking about this month. Pray it forward. Come on, say with me, pray it forward. Just really believe. We may not see it, but we're praying it forward. Come on, we pray about it. Too many of us talk about praying about it, but we never pray about it. But really giving it to God. Look at your neighbor and say, have you prayed about it? Come on, talk to the other person on the other side that you didn't want to talk to and say, have you prayed about it? Come on, we need to pray about these things because it's simple. 
It's effective that we pray. And here's what we do. Listen, when we pray about it, here's what we're doing. We're saying, God, I give it to you. Isn't that beautiful? God, I give it to you. God, I remove it from my care and my keeping. God, I can't do anything about it. But God, I know that you can. And God, I surrender it. I give it to you. So when we talk about prayer, here's the beauty of prayer. We should never stop learning when it comes to prayer. Why? Because we will never fully arrive. If we arrive at a destination, we've made it. We're never going to make it at the destination of prayer, but we need to make sure that we're always arriving. Come on, if we haven't got there yet, we never will if we quit. So if you're struggling, keep striving. As Jimmy said, keep being persistent. If you haven't got your answer yet, keep believing God. But remember this, no is just as much an answer as yes. So maybe your answer of no, you don't like, so you keep praying. Listen, no is an answer too. But we keep praying, we keep believing. No one will ever master prayer. And here's why, are you ready? The reason why we shouldn't and won't ever master prayer is because there is no limit to the depth of relationship that you and I can have with God. If we got to the end of prayer, that would mean that we knew everything about God. And we will never know everything about God. That's why we won't master these things, because God wants us to search for more and more and more and more. Each and every day we can have a greater prayer walk with God, greater than the day before. Never arriving, but always, or never arrive, but ever arriving into the greatness that God has for each one of us. We never become certified experts in prayer as we never should stop learning to communicate with God. And our experience should keep us getting better and better and better as we learn to live a life of prayer. That's what we want to talk about today. Not just praying a prayer, but living a prayer. That being a prayer, having a life of prayer that is fully accessible to each and every one of us. It's obtainable for you today. Or pastor, I haven't been saved long. It's obtainable to you. Pastor, I've been saved 50 years. It's obtainable to you. If you're anywhere in between or outside of those parameters, it's obtainable. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. A life of prayer is still available for you through giving your life to Christ and Him touching your life and changing your life. So don't write it off today and say, that will never be about me. This message is for every single one. If you almost feel like Jesus today, when Jesus stood up to the crowds and he said these words, he said, he who has an ear, let him hear. What did Jesus mean that day? Anyone and everyone who wants to listen, it's available for you. The last time I checked, everyone in here has got some ears. Come on. So we need to listen. We need to take a hold of what God wants to speak into each one of our lives today. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, great place to start. The Word of God tells us this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. What we've been talking about, giving it to God, trying to figure it out. But by prayer, I give it to God. I'm trusting in God with everything, leaning not on my own understanding. Love verse six, and in all your ways. You know what that means? That means every part of your life. That means in your home, in your marriage, in your family, you can trust God with that. Come on. In your finances, you can trust God with those. When it comes to your health, you can believe God to work miracles in your life and sign up for the Shape Up Challenge and get in shape. Come on, when the problems come, you need direction. Come on, in all your ways, that means in the a.m., that means at noon, that means in the p.m., any time of day. The Bible says, in everything I do, in every place I find myself, in all my ways, guess what? I acknowledge God. I welcome God into the equation. I say, God, I want you to be a part. This is what prayer is about, saying, God, I need your help. I consider God. I include God. But even greater than that, I give it to God. I acknowledge God. And notice what happens. Then there's a promise. Come on, then there's a promise. Come on, there's a promise. And He shall what? Direct your paths. I want to tell you something right now. Prayer releases the promises of God in your life. When you acknowledge Him, when you don't know which way to go, but you say, God, I'm giving it to you. The promises in all my ways. He's going to direct every 
path. Come on, he's going to direct me in my home. He's going to direct me at my job. He's going to direct me financially. He's going to give me wisdom and guidance. Come on, he's going to close the door for that job I don't need. He's going to open the door for the house that I need. He's going to take care of every business that I need in my life. So when we pray, his promises are released into our life. And he directs our pathway. Speaking of the totality of our life. Come on, say with me today, every area. Every area God takes care of. He wants to help me. And that's what's so powerful to me. Every area, every path, every way. As I pray, do you see how prayer covers every base? How God takes care of it all when I give it to him. Come on, we've got to pray it forward. We've got to begin to pray it forward. Come on, we've got to begin to believe our kids are saved when they're not saved right now. We've got to begin to pray those prayers. We've got to pray for our spouse to be saved. We've got to pray for that job, that blessing. Begin to pray for those things. So I wonder today, are you ready for a life of prayer? Anyone in here ready for a life of prayer? Anyone tired of just praying a prayer, but you want a life of prayer? Come on, put your hands up. Let me see those. Well, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians 6 is famous for the armor of God, putting on the armor of God. And the problem many times when there is a great passage like that, we often tend to stop kind of midstream or we stop when the thought we think finishes But so many times we stop at verse 17 after we've taken up the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith and then we just stop. But verse 18 is just as important as every other part of the armor of God because it's talking about prayer. And prayer, I really believe, is what helps us to live in those things and to function in the armor and in the protection and in the life that God has. And look what it says. It says, praying always... Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Again, supplication is the thought of intercession. It's almost like prayer on steroids, taking it to another level. Not just praying a casual prayer and leaving it alone, but just getting on your face and really crying out to God and really believing God. So praying always with prayer and intercession in the Spirit. Key thought right there. And we're going to talk about that today because we can so easily pray our prayers instead of God's prayers. Come on, we can so easily pray what we want instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to direct us into what we need. Come on, do I hear an amen? Say, oh my, say something in the house. Because we can get selfish in our prayers. But that also means too that the Holy Spirit can pray through us. There's a gift that God wants to give His church and that's called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We believe and teach here it's the evidence of speaking in tongues, having a heavenly language. Isaiah speaks about with groanings and utterings, how he wants to speak when we don't know what to pray. He prays through us. That's the Holy Spirit. So we can see that too, that we can pray being led, instructed, guided through the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have that heavenly language, seek that. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Ask him to give you that power. And reading on, it says, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I like how the New Living Translation also puts it. It says, pray at all times and on every occasion. Don't you like that? Pray at all times and in every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the Christians everywhere. Notice it's not just for you. But when we pray, we also pray on behalf of other people. We lift other people up. On Wednesday, we talked about that, developing a friendship with God, how we can build that, how we need to have that friendship with God. And the importance about friendship with God is this. It doesn't only benefit my life, it can benefit other people around. What do I mean by that? If someone comes to me with their problems, I used to say, sorry, I can't help you. Don't know what to do. But now I can say, I know what to do. We can go to my friend. And I can take that to Jesus and I know that he is able to meet that need in your life. Do you see the benefit that your friendship with God can produce in other people's lives? So what really is Paul teaching us here when he's writing to the Ephesians to put on the armor? What is he really teaching us when he says pray with all prayer and all supplication at any time in anywhere? What is he telling us? He's telling us exactly that, that we are to pray in every circumstance following the direction of the Holy Spirit, using prayer. 
to pray about every situation. The Bible also says it this way in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Three words for the whole verse. It says, pray without ceasing. Say that with me. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. That's pretty direct right there. And you may look at that and interpret that and say, well, you know what God really means about that is he means this. No, God means exactly what he says. God means that we can have a life of prayer, that we can live a prayer each and every day, that we can find ourselves literally praying without ceasing through the course of the day. How do we do that? It's not this. As good as that is, and if there's time when you want to do that, but how many knows you cannot get a paycheck if you're doing this? Your boss is not going to come in your office and leave and say, sorry, I didn't want to disturb you. I saw you were praying. They're going to say, hey, guy, if you're going to do that on the job, then go and find another job to do that on because that's not going to pay your bills. We can't physically do things like that. So what does it mean to pray without ceasing, uh, praying at all times on every occasion? It means keeping an attitude of thanksgiving and total dependency upon God. Come on, as we go about our daily lives, that we include God in everything, that we're totally dependent upon him for his grace, his mercy, for his strength, for his power, that we're constantly looking to God and trusting him with our lives. Come on, we're turning our thoughts towards him in the middle of doing all the things that we have to do. He is still in our thoughts. He is still in our mind. He is someone we still turn to. You see, we need to stop thinking of prayer as an event. To many of us, prayer is an event. Well, I'm going to pray at six o'clock or eight o'clock. I pray every day at this time. Great. If you do those things, it's very important. We're going to talk about the necessity and the discipline of having those times with God. But we cannot just look at prayer as an event of something that is planned. Because when you plan an event, it's at a set time, it's at a set place, and it's for a set group or set, this is going to happen. Listen, we don't want our prayers to become like that. We want our prayers to become a way of life, that it's not just an event. It's something that we do constantly throughout the day in every circumstance and every situation. Why? Because we need to regard prayer as the internal activity that undergirds everything else that we do. It's the underlying force. It's the underlying strength. It's the foundation that I can build my life on, that I can go into work and be successful. Why? Because I've prayed for God to help me. That I can be the best parent. Why? Because I've prayed an undergirding prayer that God would help me. Come on, parents. We need to pray about leading our children and our families. It's tough. There's struggles. There's pressures out there greater than what we ever faced. But they're not greater than God. And they're not greater than the power of prayer. Come on, we can pray that undergirding power to be around our kids, that when they're around kids who are doing drugs, when they're around all the wrong things, that they won't succumb to those things, that they can be protected. Come on, we need to pray a lifestyle, have a life of prayer. It's important that we talk to God throughout our day. It's important that we listen to God constantly throughout the day. It's important we pray our way through every day with our hearts totally connected to Him. I wonder what would happen in our life if prayer became just like breathing. You don't even think about breathing anymore. You just do it. Your body knows how to do it, so you just do it. It's second nature. I can't remember the last time I've said, okay, breathe, breathe, breathe. I just do it. And if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be alive. What if prayer became like that in each one of our lives? What if we became so easy that we just did it. It's just something we do. It became second nature to us, just like we breathe to live. I really believe we need to pray our way through life as a way to live also. That we need to realize that physically we're sustained by breathing and spiritually we're maintained by praying. That it becomes natural, it flows out of us. How we can pray constantly through the day. Do you know you can pray while you're shopping? We talked about it at the nine o'clock service. That means, ladies, you can do a whole lot of praying. 
that while you're shopping, while you're at the mall, while you're waiting in Walmart because they've got 29 checkout lanes and they only have two open. Do I hear an amen? So you have plenty of time to pray when you're in the checkout line. And all these, you can pray during those times. Come on, you can pray while you're waiting for an appointment. What is it with doctors that you can show up? Kelly and I took Judah for his appointment for his nine-month checkup. We had an appointment at 2.30 and we get back at 3.15. What is the deal with that? Come on, they sit you down and leave you there. But if you're five minutes late for the appointment, they say, sorry, you missed it. But then you wait three quarters of an hour to get back there. But if you're five minutes late, they say, sorry, you've missed it. No, you haven't missed nothing. You just missed like three people's appointments before you because they're just backed up. But you can pray. While you're in the waiting room, you can pray. You may see someone in need over there. You can begin to pray for them. God may bring something into your spirit. You can pray. Come on. It's about living a life of prayer. Come on, guys. You can pray in a business meeting. We're not excusing, excusing the fact that you shouldn't be working. And again, you're not in the corner with your head bowed down and your eyes closed and not listening. But there's going to be times, there's going to be lulls, there's going to be moments where God would just drop something in your spirit and you just send up a quick prayer and say, God, just, just take care of that. And you can still be hearing and being involved in everything else that's gone. Come on, you can pray at the gym. Come on, some of us need to pray at the gym. God, help me, you know. Some of you need to pray to go to the gym. But whatever it is, we just need to pray. Shape up challenge. Sign up for that. We can pray while we're doing the household chores. We can be vacuuming and we can be saying a prayer. Or we can be dusting and we can be saying a prayer. We can be doing the laundry. Man, that's some place you need to pray because we need help in those areas. Amen. But we can be praying while we're folding our kids' clothes. God bless them as they put this clothes on. God bless my children, bless my home, bless my family. Come on, you can be praying while you're driving. But remember, don't close your eyes and pray when you're driving. Keep them open. But you can be praying that God would be with you. You can be praying while you're bathing, in the shower. Whatever you're doing, you can be praying. God doesn't want you just to pray a prayer. God wants your life to live a prayer. They don't have to be drawn out prayers. They can just be short bursts from the heart. You know, some of the most, some of the best prayers that I've prayed in my life is this, God help me right now. Come on, I don't have time to pray long prayers and get on my knees and go to my prayer closet if my boss says to me, I need to see you in my office in 10 minutes. God, I don't have time to go home and fast for two weeks. Come on, I've got it. It's right there. God, give me the strength and help me because I don't know what I'm going into, but you do, God, you've prepared it and help me. Bam, I'm ready to go. Come on, you can be ready to go that quick into a situation. Come on, have you ever prayed for favor? Just has to say sometimes, God, I need favor. I pray that over my life a lot. And I always say this when I talk about favor. I don't demand favor because of who I am. I demand favor in my life because of whose I am. I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of the king. And therefore, there's favor that God wants to put upon my life. If you ever pray for strength, give me strength. Your kids are acting up. God, give me strength because I just want to kill them right now. Come on now. Come on, let's just be honest. We're honest in the house. Not that we were going to kill him, but we sometimes want to. And if we could get away with... No, I'm only playing. I'm only playing. Everyone's praying for pastor right now. You see, that's what happens. God, touch him. Do something to him, God. What's going on? Help him. That's the kind of prayer. We joke about it, but that's how simple and easy prayer can be. You know, one of the greatest prayers that I, prayers that I find myself praying a lot is this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I can find myself driving down the road and thinking about the wonderful baby that God's given me. And I just say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, I'd be thinking about all my family and seeing my kids this morning as Maddie was playing the drums and Brittany and Hannah were standing up here singing today. I'm telling you, there was a whole lot of thanks that I was praying up to God on that front row today. God, giving me a wonderful wife and another opportunity. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and mercy. In fact, we kind of joke about this now because I'll often be driving my car and just say, thank you, Jesus. And Luke says, for what? (laughs) For what? So now it's got to be, well, what do you think? What have we got to be thankful for? So he doesn't say a lot now because I always make him go down the list. What do we have to be thankful for? But you see, get out of the legalism. Get out of the formulas. Get out of the positions of prayer and just realize that God wants you to pray everywhere at all times and in all ways. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, just do it.
Just do it. Come on, that's not Nike. That's prayer. Come on, that's prayer. God's prayer. I wonder if you've ever said this too, and I'm guilty of this. Have you ever said to people, I'll pray for that later? Have there ever been a need with someone? You say to them, I'll lift you up in my prayer time. We like to be so super spiritual. When I have my prayer time, I will pray for you. Sometimes, you know, that can be a stall tactic of the enemy. Because the ability we have is to pray right there and then. Come on, we can't pray maybe for 30, 40 minutes and intercede and really push through for them. But we can take their hands and say, God, just give them strength right now. As they're going in for an interview, God, give them wisdom, give them guidance, give them strength. God hears that kind of prayer. Come on, we can pray. Instead of putting off and denying and saying, we've got to begin to pray throughout our days. If anyone's had a meeting in my office and you've come in for any kind of counseling or just a talk, you know what we do? We start the meeting in prayer. And you know what we do at the end? We end it in prayer. A lot of times if I'll call you on the telephone, uh, I'm going to say at the end of the conversation many times, do you mind if I pray with you? Why is that? God really challenged me a number of years ago in this. I I cry out to God and ask God to give me wisdom and guidance as I lead and shepherd this church. And I found myself in the offices striving and struggling through people's problems, trying to help them. And one day I just kind of got mad with God and said, God, what's the deal? I feel so overwhelmed. And I really feel God said to me, Philip, whatever you involve me in and whatever you welcome me with, I'll be there. And God really challenged me. And that's why when people come in and talk, I'll say, hold on a second, let's just pray. God, wonderful counselor, we need you here. Help us and bless us. And then we end with prayer. Why? Because I realize I need God's help and strength. You know why? People have major issues. Come on, you can say amen because I'm talking about you right now. We have issues. We have issues that we need the help of God. We need prayer to liberate us, to help us. We need God to step in. So don't allow the wrong mindsets to stop us from praying right away. Don't let Satan complicate something that God intended to be simple and personal. Remember last week, God, teach me how to pray. And Satan wants us to procrastinate in our prayers in the hope that you will forget to take it to God in prayer. Why? Because he knows the power of prayer. So we're not about just praying a prayer. We're about living a prayer. So today I want to quickly talk about three obstacles that we can face in our lives, that can hinder us from really living a life of prayer. Come on again, how many wants to live a life of prayer? Let me see. I want to be a prayer constantly up to you, God, to pray without ceasing, that my life is an attitude of glory and praise to you. Are you ready? Number one, here's one of the biggest obstacles we have, busyness. Busyness. Now, I know I'm not talking to anyone else, so just humor me. I'm just going to talk to myself. Come on, we're busy. Hello? We're busy. We're busy. If you would look at most of our weeks, we're trying to fit more stuff into our week and not try to take things out of our week. When we don't have things to do, it's very hard now for us to even sit and do nothing. We find more to do. Oh, I've got one night free. That means my kid can play another sport. Oh, I've got two nights free. Well, I need to fill it up with stuff because that's where we get today. We get so caught up in the rat race of busyness, 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 busyness that we get so busy that we so often forget the things that are the most important. I read a story once of a picture of Satan in a boardroom in hell. He had his, all his leaning demons, thoughts, those people around the table. And he posed to them a question. He stood up and he chaired the meeting and he said to them these words, we have got to come up with an effective plan that can disrupt the lives and the plan and the purpose of God in the lives of people of this earth. So I want every one of you right now to give out your proposal of what you think can destroy the plan and the purpose of God through the lives of people in this earth. One demon stands up and says, God, I've got it. We'll just tell him that the Bible is a lie. We'll tell him that all these things never happened and everything. And you know, there's an applause. Everyone's so excited that Satan shakes his head and says, can't do that. We've tried that and it doesn't work. History shows that the Bible is correct and true. Well, hey, we'll just tell him that Jesus is a fake, that he was a phony, that he was one of many and he's not the Messiah. He's not the son of God. Everyone's all excited, clapping and applauding. Satan says it won't work. We've already tried that. But Jesus says there's evidence and proof 
that he's alive. And no matter how much we try to discredit him, it seems like we credit him more and more and people are seeing. So one after the other, people gave things and all of a sudden, almost as a last resort, someone said, well, the only thing I can think of is let's tell people they've got all the time in the world. Satan stops and he says, that's it. That's it. We'll let people get so busy with their lives and their times and their energies, make them think that they've got all the time in the world to turn back to God and to make their lives right and to fulfill his plan and his purpose. He said, and if we do that, we will destroy mankind. What a tool of Satan, busyness. What a tool destroying us, pushing off all the things that are the most important to us because that's what happens when we get so busy. It's the important things that suffer. Come on, when the boss says we need more time at work, what suffers? It's not our work, it's our family. Because we push off the most important things and the things that tend to suffer the most are our families, our relationship with God and our health. Three very important things for each one of us. And there's a lot of pressures out there to be. There's a lot of pressures when you see everyone with a new car and nicer things and bigger things. There's a lot of pressures out there. If I can just be busier and more successful than this, 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 this. Come on, I really believe it's time we get our lives in proper order. Come on, it's time that we put God first as the priority of our life. You and I cannot handle and do life well without God. Our marriages will suffer. Our children will suffer and our finances will get messed up. So what do we do when our finances get messed up? That's fine. We just ask for overtime. We work harder. But the problem is when we work harder, we have more money. So we buy more stuff. We buy bigger things. And then what happens? Then we have to work harder and harder and harder to maintain. And the cycle continues. And we think we're getting ahead. But really, we're getting further and further and further behind. Because Satan wants us so busy, 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 going, 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 doing, 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 that what? We're not in the Word. We don't have time to pray. Because every other thought takes the place of God. Come on, relationships, period, won't thrive if we don't spend time with that person. Our relationship with God will never be what it needs to be. Look what Isaiah 40, verse 31 says. But those who... Wait on the Lord. We even struggle with this now, you know. We struggle to even wait with God because we turn around and say, God, can you hurry up? Because I've got things to do. I've got places to go. God, can you hurry up? We struggle even here. But the promise is this, that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Come on, I need that in my life. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The message Bible says, but those who wait upon God get fresh strength. Anyone need fresh strength? I need that. And it's praying throughout my day, not getting so busy that I'm forgetting God, but through the busyness of life, learning, yes, how to slow down and to, to, to set boundaries and just different things, yes. But even in the busyness of it all, to include God in my life, because as I wait on Him, as I include Him in my life, He renews my strength. What does it go on to say? They shall spread their wings and soar like eagles. They shall run, they won't get tired, and they shall walk, and they're not going to lag behind. In the busyness of it all, we've got to spend time with God. And God made it possible in our lives that we don't have to sit down and close our eyes for 30 minutes. But God, would you just help me right now? Living that attitude of prayer, asking him to help us, strengthen us and bring us through. Come on, it's vital to find time constantly throughout our day in all of our busyness to include God and to develop a lifestyle of prayer. We'll even find ourselves waking up in the middle of the night, finding ourselves praying. Why? Because that's an attitude of prayer that you, you, you just, your spirit's just praying. You wake up in the night, you wake up in the morning, you're praying. You go to sleep and you're praying. You find yourself, come on, that's the lifestyle of prayer that God wants us to be a part of. This is something I understand as a parent with six wonderful children. But one of the greatest things that my kids could ever do to me is tell me that they love me. How would it be for each one of us if your child, every time they came into the room, looked at you and found you and says, I love you, mommy. I love you, daddy. Come on. When they start appreciating you and they've got great thoughts towards you, I want to tell you something. When you let people know something like that, 
When you let them know that you think they're great and that you love them, that's the kind of communication that develops and builds relationship. So what happens when we go to God like that? Begin to think when every opportunity we have, we just tell God, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. What are we doing? We're building a relationship with God that's going to go deeper and deeper and grow stronger and stronger as we find ourselves connected to him in a greater, greater way. How do we do that? Through anytime, anywhere prayers. Anytime, anywhere, God, I can come to you. And none of us are too busy to do that. And God loves that. That in the middle of it all, God, I thank you today for this job. Thank you for blessing me. Help me, God. And then you go back to your work. That throughout the day, you're finding time. God loves that, just like we do in the natural as parents. God loves that as your heavenly father, that you're including him. But also, please understand this, and I'm not going to stay here long. But please understand that all our prayers shouldn't be on the run prayers. I think it's important that we also set aside time where we just honor God with that time. And we say, God, here's a moment. Here's some time. Don't get too religious with that, but I think it's important to set that time and that date where every morning you pray. I always enjoy Sunday mornings when I always get up early and I walk around my neighborhood and pray. I love that time. I look forward to that time of really seeking God and praying for God because we need to set time aside to really honor him. But notice this, as we're praying our way through the day prayers, those are just equally as important as set a time prayers. That we're just praying our way through the day and setting time aside. Just make room for God. Prioritize him and he'll make your life a priority too. I'm proof of that. If I prioritize God with my life, he'll prioritize me, my family, my home. King David said, God, I want to build you a house. And God says, thank you. Noted. You're not going to build me a house, but because it was in your heart to do it. He says, your son's going to do it. But God says, because you desire to build me a house, I'm going to build your house. Notice what happens when we include God each and every day throughout our lives. Look at this statement. Do something lest you do nothing. Do something. Don't allow Satan to make you feel guilty if you miss that set of time. You know, when you when you just focus in on God, it can be five minutes, 10 minutes, but just that time. Don't let Satan make you feel guilty if you miss that time. You've still got the opportunity to pray it through the day prayers. And to include him through your life. Obstacle number two. You ready? Our prayers instead of God prayers. Do you have a problem with the way you pray? Most of us do. It's hard to admit, but we do. Because here's where we pray most times. We pray the things that we think would make us feel better. What we want and what we need. Instead of really asking God to lead us and to give us the things that he knows that we need. Come on. So when we don't get those things that we pray for, we get discouraged. And what happens when we get discouraged? We often quit praying. Why do we quit praying? Because we feel our prayers are unfinished. Why are our prayers unfinished? Because we spend so much time praying our prayers and going down the checklist. Come on. Are you a checklist prayer? God, I need this, 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 this. this. And while you're at it, God, give me two of those, three of those, blam, 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 blam. Down, 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 down. Oh, give me milk and eggs. Oh, sorry, God, wrong list. But we go down the list, don't we? And we just rattle everything off. But yet when we leave the prayer time, it feels like we're kind of unfinished. That it's not kind of, there's no fulfillment. What just happened? And the reason is because most of the times we don't tell God any other things except for our stuff. And never mind, do we have the time to sit down and just listen to what God wants to say. If we don't watch, our prayers can become so all about us that it becomes about our health and well-being, our finances, our needs, the changes that we face, our families and other things that concern us. Our prayers can become the wrong direction prayers. I wonder what would happen if we changed the direction of our prayers and instead of asking God to give us everything, that we would begin to ask God to change us to change our inside, to change the person that we are, to begin to do a work inside of us. I wonder what would happen if we began to pray, God, would you change my heart? 
Would you give me the right thoughts? Would you give me the right motives? Would you give me the right attitude? Would you restore again that relationship with you? God, help me in every situation because it can be so easily, God, change my spouse, change this, 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 going down the list and never once asking God to deal in each one of our lives. Here's what I believe would happen. If we begin to pray his prayers instead of our prayers, we would see great answers to our prayers because God would take care of the internal and then he would also handle the external. Come on, as we allow God to work inside of us, he'll begin to handle the things that are bothering us around us. If we didn't pray such carnal, fleshly, selfish prayers and prayed more like Jesus, we would, uh, would have prayed. We would sense, I believe, a greater fulfillment in our prayers. So, Pastor Philip, what are you saying? Let me get this right. You're saying I shouldn't ask for things and I shouldn't give my needs to God? I didn't say that. Because I believe there is nothing wrong with asking God to meet your needs. I believe we should boldly approach him freely with those things. It's not wrong. We've just got to be careful that that does not become our exclusive prayer. That it becomes all about what we need instead of who we are. And what God you want to do inside of us. We shouldn't just major on those things. Look what it says in Matthew 6 verse 8. Matthew 6 verse 8. It says, therefore do not be like them. I haven't got time. But if you would read the verses before, Jesus lists down the hypocrites, the religious leaders, praying lengthy prayers, wanting everyone to be known, just repeating things and just rallying off things. Jesus says, don't pray like that. And that's how we can find ourselves praying many times. But what does he say? He says, for your father, I love those words, your father, meaning what? I'm his child. He's my father, I'm his child. And the Bible says, as a son, I'm an heir. That means I'm entitled to everything that the father has. For your father knows the things that you have need of. Wow, I love this. Before you even ask him. God knows what you need. We go through all that list and it's not that we're wasting our time, but really we are wasting our time because God already knows what we have need of. Yes, we're to ask him, but here's what we do. We don't just go bam, 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 bam and leave it. Amen. We say, God, you know, I need this, this and this. But you know what, God, I trust you to take care of everything that concerns me because you already know what it is and I give it to you. And God, now, since you know what I need and I'm trusting you with that, God, now would you meet their need and would you help my kids and would you do this? Notice now your prayers can be more effective as you give God you and then allow God to allow you to touch other people around. Don't get so tunnel-minded in your prayers. Hate to break it to you, but the world's bigger than just you. And God's called you to be the hope and light to the world. And there's no hope and light if all it's about is us. No one wants to be around someone who it's all about them. We run from people like that. We thank God for caller ID because of people like that. We want to stay away from people like that. That's why God invented caller ID for people like that. I want to read an example to you if I could. I'm reading a great book on prayer by Joyce Myers. And it's called, um, what's it called? It's called The Power of Simple Prayer. And she says these words. She said, here's an example of praying a spirit-led prayer, a God prayer, instead of an our prayer, what I want. She uses the example. She said, say you have two rowdy, rebellious teenagers in your house. And let's say that when you pray, you start by telling God how those two are on your last nerve and you just want to scream. Then you move on to complain about them and telling God how miserable you are. And then after you pray, you say amen, leave and you yell at your teenagers, telling them how awful they are and you inform them that their lives will never amount to anything. If this is the case, then your home is probably filled with strife and your family will never be at peace. And your spouse is as angry and as unhappy as you are. It's quite easy for our prayer times to become a complaining session rather than praying true prayers. These type of prayers never bring God's help into a situation. Let me say that one more time. These type of prayers never bring God's help into a situation. If you begin to pray God prayers for the situation, instead of running to him with all your complaints, you will then begin to see a change. Here's a God prayer and not a 
our prayer for something of the example that we mentioned. God, I'm so frustrated with these teenagers today. But your word says that my children are a heritage from the Lord. They're the fruit of the womb and it is a reward. And they are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Your word also says that great shall be their peace. So God, I come before you with thanksgiving and I ask you for wisdom as I deal with my teenagers. Lord, give me understanding about the things they go through and help me have the ability to help them. I ask that you would pour out your love in my heart for them. I pray your love would abound in me, your grace would flow through me and my heart would be right before you and towards my family. Let the peace of Christ rule and reign in my heart and let it rule and reign here in our home. When you pray according to God's prayers and not your prayers, your anger will begin to dissipate. You will begin to be able to love your teenagers with the love of God and you will be able to establish peace in your home. God will begin to do things in your circumstances because you have stopped praying soulish prayers that are focused on circumstances, that you are no longer murmuring and complaining about the children you asked him to give you and you have begun to pray about what is more important to him and that is the condition of your heart. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? Just an example there of what can change and what can happen. We've got to allow God to lead our prayers because, yes, sometimes we want to pray fire down from heaven. The disciples prayed that one day. God, just pray fire down from heaven. Just wipe them off the face of the earth. But God didn't come to destroy. He came to build. God is not about our families being disrupted and destroyed. He's about reconciliation and healing coming. And we need to pray those kind of prayers that's going to bring the peace and the blessing and the fulfillment of God in our lives. You see, a life that is led by God, a life of prayer, living a life of prayer, is a life that is waiting on God. Look what it says, Psalms 46 verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Think about that. I am God. What does that mean? God says, I'm God. That means I'm the able one, that I'm the mighty one, that I'm the provider, that I'm the creator, that I'm the director. I'm all God and therefore everything is possible. I am the all possible one. That's the God that we wait on, the all possible God. So let's not just pray our prayers. Let's pray his prayers as we allow him to change us first. And last but not least, almost done, fear, fear. Just that nagging anxiety. What an obstacle that can be for living a life of prayer, that we can be afraid. We're going to be afraid whether our prayers are going to even do anything, that are they even going to work? Is God even going to hear my prayers? What if he doesn't hear? What if he doesn't answer? What if he doesn't help? Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7 says this, Be anxious for nothing. Don't you love the word of God? Be anxious for nothing. Why? but in everything by prayer. That's why we're not to be anxious, because we give it all in prayer. Don't be fearful, God says. Give it to me in prayer. Come on, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which goes beyond, surpasseth all your understanding, what you can reason and figure out. God says that will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. God answers your prayer by sending peace that will protect you through the darkest nights of your life. Through the toughest storms. As we give it to God in prayer, he can handle it. Come on, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 tells us, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you know that fear is a form of doubt and doubt is like kryptonite to prayer? It will take away all the power from it as we come to God in doubt. Satan wants us to approach God with fear and not faith. Satan wants to remind us of our failures. He wants to remind us of our flaws. He wants to remind us of our shortcomings. He wants to remind us of our sins. Here's how Satan plays into you when you begin to pray. He begins to tell you things like this. Even if God did hear you, what makes you think he would ever want to answer your prayer? Ever heard that? I know I have. It's a lie of the enemy because he doesn't want us to enter into a life of prayer. Why? Because he knows the potential that it makes available to each one of us. Remember, prayer is the easiest but yet the most effective way to deal with any and every situation we face in life. Hebrews 4.16, Therefore let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace 
to help in time of need. Notice anywhere, any time, we can come boldly to God. Not in fear, but boldly. Come on, we cannot live with the undercurrent of fear in our lives. Look at this statement. Pray about everything and fear nothing. It needs to be where we're at. Praying about everything and not being afraid of nothing. So let's bring all this to a close today. I believe it's time to live a life of prayer. Not just to pray a prayer, but to live a prayer. Prayer is not something, it's not a skill that we're going to master. It's an unfolding relationship that we can enjoy. Yes, God will always love us where we're at, and I'm glad about that. But God loves us enough today that he's not willing to leave us in the same place. That God wants us to develop a relationship with him. God wants us to grow stronger. God wants us to grow deeper. God wants us to increase in intimacy with him. And you know how he wants to do that? Through a life of prayer. Through us praying. Because we've said this so many times, but look at it. I want it to get into you. Come on, it's this. prayer. It's not just praying a prayer. It's living a prayer. Come on, grab a hold of that. It's not just about praying a prayer. It's about living a prayer. God wants you to live a life of prayer, to pray your way through every day. Yes, have set aside times when you pray, but throughout the day, you're praying it to make it through. That we're aware of his presence every moment of every day. God wants us to be in constant communion with him, for us to make prayer our way of life, that we can be with him whenever. Come on, watch out for the busyness of life and include God in your day. Watch out for the selfishness, praying our prayers instead of praying his prayers. Watch out for fear because it's there and it wants to present itself. But let faith reign and rule. And you know something I've realized? Busyness, selfishness and fear are things that I can tackle and handle in my life. I can change my schedule. I can pray different. I can trust God with my life and have faith. So what are you saying? I'm saying if we're allowing busyness and selfishness and fear to override our lives so we're not living a life of prayer, it's not because of the enemy, it's because of you. Because each one of us has the ability and have been given the ability by God to be able to boldly approach Him and to live a life of prayer. So today, you've got no other reason except for the blame upon yourself if you do not enter into that kind of life. Come on, God wants you to live a life of prayer. Not just pray a prayer, but to live a prayer. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Forevermore, master.